This video was brought to you by Bellroy. Today, Nikki Haley wins over the mega donors, Starmer suffers a commons rebellion, and the IDF destroys the Palestinian parliament. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 16th of November. This week has looked like a particularly good week for Nikki Haley. She did well in the Republican primary debates earlier this week, and as a result, she's attracted some big-name donors to her campaign. Now, it's worth noting that right now, Haley is not the top candidate for Republican nomination. Polling still shows that Trump is way out in front, with a 538 poll from yesterday putting him on an astonishing 58.9%. In second place, with only 14.3%, is Ron DeSantis, and in third place is Haley with 9.4%. Now, this obviously doesn't show Haley is in a great position right now. However, this stage of the presidential race is all about momentum. DeSantis has been struggling basically since the start of their campaign, when he decided to launch his presidential bid on Twitter, something that suffered from a variety of technical glitches. The point is that while Haley may be behind DeSantis right now, her momentum is upwards. And yes, Trump is still far out in front, but with so many legal challenges next year, the future is a bit tricky to read, and well, it seems like anything could happen. Additionally, a series of other polls show that Haley could beat incumbent Democratic President Joe Biden in all six crucial states for next year's election. Polls also show that she's got more of a chance at beating Biden than both Trump or DeSantis. In essence, if Republican backers get Haley to the nomination, then there's a good chance she could be the next president. And investors seem to agree too, with a number of big names now backing Haley. The billionaire investor Stanley Druckenmiller announced his support for Haley on Monday, while Eric Levine, a New York-based investor, said that he'd be hosting a fundraiser for Haley in early December. Speaking about why he's backing Haley, Levine said that she had a muscular foreign policy, a positive view on America, a rational position on abortion, and he added, she is not Donald Trump who will lose. And even before all of this new backing, Haley's campaign seemed to be in a strong position financially. At the end of September, her campaign had $11.5 million in the bank, and it's also been reported that her campaign will launch a $10 million ad campaign in both Iowa and New Hampshire, two of the all-important swing states. So things are beginning to look better for Haley. She has a lot of work to do in the next year in the run-up to the presidential election, but with backers like these, things are looking up. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app to listen along. Last night, the UK House of Commons held a vote on the King's Speech, which itself is the government's way of announcing their legislation plans for the next year. The speech itself is written by the government, but it's voted on by Parliament as a whole, and MPs, including opposition MPs, are able to suggest amendments to it. As such, it was reported that the SNP had tabled a motion calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Now, Labour's leader Keir Starmer has been clear for the last few weeks that this isn't something he supports, and is subsequently not his party's policy. Instead, Starmer says that he backs humanitarian pauses. 
In this vote then, Starmer urged his MPs to disagree with the SNP motion for a ceasefire, warning that any Labour MPs holding shadow ministerial positions would be sacked if they sided with the SNP. Regardless, in total, 56 Labour MPs backed the motion, including 10 frontbenchers, who have now all either resigned or been sacked. Speaking about the sackings, Starmer said, I regret that some colleagues felt unable to support the position tonight, but I wanted to be clear about where I stood and where I will stand. Many of the MPs who stood against Starmer on this issue made clear that it was a matter of principle. This included Stella Creasley, who said that nobody is under any illusions that a single vote in the UK Parliament is going to change the situation on the ground, but went on to say that advocating for a ceasefire is far better than the alternative of being silent. Now, let's move back to the US, where President Joe Biden has accused former President Trump of echoing language from Nazi Germany. This comes on the back of statements made by Donald Trump, in which he said that he wanted to root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, that lie and steal and cheat on elections. Biden also accused Trump of saying that the blood of America is being poisoned, adding that this too was the language of Nazi Germany. Now, as we mentioned earlier, Trump is still the frontrunner for the Republican nomination next year, even despite this criticism and despite the numerous legal battles on the horizon for him next year. And it's also worth noting that Trump's allies have rejected the accusation that his comments echoed Nazi language, with Stephen Cheng, a Trump campaign spokesperson, pointing out that those who try to make that ridiculous assertion are clearly snowflakes grasping for anything because they are suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, and their sad, miserable existence will be crushed when President Trump returns to the White House. Next up, let's move to Israel and Gaza, where the Israeli Defense Forces, or IDF, have reportedly blown up the Palestinian parliament building. This comes just two days after the IDF was spotted in Gaza City. Speaking on the development, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that they told us we wouldn't reach the outskirts of Gaza City, and we did. They told us we wouldn't enter Al-Shifa Hospital, and we did. There is no place in Gaza we won't reach. In other Israeli news today, it's also been reported that Israel has condemned the United Nations after its aid chief met with Iran's foreign minister to discuss the future of Gaza. Their opposition to this meeting seems to be about the role of Iran, with Israel's ambassador to the UN saying that Iran has no place in the future of Gaza. It is part of the problem, not part of the solution. On the other side of things, Turkish President Erdogan has called Israel a terror state, adding that they're responsible for the most treacherous attacks in human history during their invasion of Gaza. Other countries, such as Italy, see Turkey as providing a crucial role in this conflict too, with Georgia Maloney stating this following a call with the Turkish president. Finally today, let's discuss China's carbon emissions, because it's been reported in The Guardian that the country's carbon emissions could peak this year. This means that China could, from next year, begin to see a decline in their carbon emissions for the first time. 
This is thanks to a huge amount of investment in clean energy in the country. And as the world's largest polluter, it would be a welcome change and could be a significant step in reducing the worst effects of climate change. Now, when it comes to our journalism, you clearly expect us to provide high quality and responsible reporting. But shouldn't you also expect the same from the products you buy? I certainly do, and that's why for the last few years I've been exclusively using wallets, phone cases, and passport cases from Bellroy, which is why I was super excited to hear that they wanted to sponsor some of our videos. As a loyal Bellroy user for the past few years now, I know quite how reliable and high quality their products are. My current phone case, for instance, is beautifully minimal in this stunning terracotta leather. That leather, by the way, is eco-tanned and achieved a gold rating from the Leather Working Group, recognizing excellence in environmental and labor practices. It's also just a beautiful, high-quality material that, in my experience, only gets better with age. Bellroy don't just talk about their environmental credentials either. They're also an officially certified B Corp company and have upcycled 10.5 million plastic water bottles, used 60,000 kilograms of industrial nylon cutoffs, and saved 15 million liters of water by using dry tan leathers. Their products are also just great to use. Designed around principles of minimalism, all of the Bellroy products that I've bought have been beautifully designed and easy to use, with their bags optimizing for functionality and efficiency, and their wallets are slimline enough to fit into any pocket. So find out why I've been using Bellroy for years now, and check out their huge array of products by clicking the link in the description. Plus, when you do, you'll get 10% off anything you order. Thanks to Bellroy for supporting the channel, and thanks to you for using our link.